Look at my butt. Show number 203 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. I don't even know how to start this. I I don't either. I was thinking a lot about it this weekend. And of course. It's, there's no easy way to just go into it because it's it's so upsetting and distressing and sad and everything all at once. It is. We, of course, are talking about the passing of Leonard Nimoy. And, um, geez, I'm getting all choked up now, and I wasn't, I wasn't really right up until this moment. I know. I've been sort of on and off really, really teary since I heard it. And sometimes I, in prepping, prepping for the show, I watched some of the videos that we're going to talk about. Yes. And, oh, they made me laugh so hard. But it's just, it's so sad. It's just, it's terrible. And somebody posted on Facebook uh-huh. or on Twitter or something, and it was um, two screen caps, and one was a, a cap of uh, Kirk in one of the conference rooms with Spock and McCoy and Scotty. I and saw that. And the second picture was just Kirk. Yeah. It was so sad. It, it, it really is. And um, <clears throat> I know because it's the internet that... Um, I'm very peripherally aware, because people have said something, that there have been some ugly comments. Mm -hmm. And I have not gone to look for that. And um, certainly I have been sticking to the Internet places where I know people are going to be respectful of other Mm -hmm. people's feelings. Yes. So... um, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not angry at a bunch of other really <laughs> stupid, stupid people. But, um, you know, I do want to say there are stupid people out there. There are, and we should avoid them and at we, all And we costs. should avoid them at all costs, especially yeah. at a time when my feeling about the passing of anyone um, that I care about, whether I, I knew them personally or whether they were, you know, very close to me, a member of my family, whatever, that uh, for me it is always a time to remember uh, positive things. Yeah. Uh, my family always marks these things with a lot of humor. You know, mm-hmm. we just end up sitting around telling stories and playing remember when and everything. And certainly I've been doing a lot of that, you know, about Leonard and then uh, finding some things online, <clears throat> like mm-hmm. the one I posted that Access Hollywood ran. Oh, my God. That is the best thing. I had never, ever seen that. And the thing <laughs> is, what they showed on TV was a shorter clip, but it had some stuff in it that isn't in the longer one. And I can't find the shorter clip. But it was so funny. And I do want to tell this one segment that I couldn't find to post. But it's Bill and Leonard interviewing each other. And somebody else had made up the questions for them. Mm -hmm. They're sitting across from each other. They are so funny, so relaxed, you know. (laughs) And one of the questions Leonard had to ask Bill is, have you ever been asked to wear the captain's (laughs) uniform in bed? That was hilarious. Oh, was that on there? It was on there, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, well, okay, then there was one other. Did did the clip I posted, because I didn't think it had it, have the one where Leonard had to ask Bill, um, of all the women Captain Kirk kissed, who was the best kisser? No, that was not in there. Oh, it just completely took Bill aback. And he's going, hmm, kisser, hmm, you know, <laughs> and going, that is a tough one. And then Leonard says, because you, you, you're only seeing them like in a two shot, like from mm-hmm. chest up. Leonard says, take your hand off my thigh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is, so that was not that long ago. I, I forget what the date was on that. Um, um, it was less than 10 years. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it now to see. Oh, 2006. Oh, okay. So, so that is fairly recent. Yeah, that's yeah. not too bad. And it is a wonderful thing. I think the clip here on Access Hollywood is about seven or eight minutes long. Yes, it is. And they are so not taking this seriously at all. Well, why would you? But, you know. I know. It's so ridiculous. And they're just going through the questions and um, ribbing each other mercilessly as mm-hmm. they do and laughing and laughing. And my favorite part, well, actually, my two favorite parts are when Bill asked Leonard to do um, an impression of him, which yes. is good. I, with the finger. He had the finger. <laughs> yes. That was awesome. That was, that was really funny. That was so wonderful. <laughs> and then Bill was given the lead in to another question, um, which started with, um, you're a, what was it? You're a distinguished photographer? Or, yes, or you're, a, you're photographer? a gifted or. A gifted photographer. And Leonard said, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so Bill did it. What did he do it? Like 10 times? Like he was doing his voiceover work. 10 oh different God. readings of you're a gifted photographer. With, with a completely different inflection every single time. Yes, indeed. It was amazing. And Leonard's like, keep coming, keep going, keep going. Yes. And it was just so funny and so Bill for him to just do that on the spur of the moment mm-hmm. and really give an acting performance for this <laughs> phrase. And when they finally finished with it, Leonard's going at the next question. He goes, ah, oh, you're so full of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they – well, you know, after all these years um, – they so completely have each other's number. Yes. But in a way, their friendship is like a fan's dream come true. Oh. Because it's like Galaxy Quest. You want to believe that there's a certain commonality between the actor and these roles and mm-hmm. the relationships. And knowing that there were some very rocky times for Bill and Leonard at the, mm-hmm. at the start, that they ended up becoming such very close friends, is, it's, it's, it's a delight it's wonderful. I was thinking today just about their very special relationship um, and seeing what Bill was saying about Leonard in and, and, and past quotes and then more recently. And it reminded me very much of the things that um, the Beatles said about each other, mm-hmm. that they were the only four guys in the entire world who went through what they went through. Right. Who, yeah. And as, as many times since 1962 that they fought or had arguments or hated each other, they'll always be brothers because they're the only other people in the world who knew what that experience was like. Absolutely. And I think it was exactly the same for Bill and Leonard. You know, they were the two stars of that show. They're the only people who knew what it was like to be the stars of that show and go through it. Mm-hmm. Since, since that time, you know, the other Trek actors have had it in different ways. But it was never like that for anybody else but the two of them. No. No, it was a, a completely uh, – it's really um, – I hesitate to use the word unique, but it is a rare thing in show business to um, – many. there have been actors who have played the same role over and over and over. And um, there was an actor, like an American actor maybe 150 years ago, who for about 30 years played Rip Van Winkle. And <laughs> all he did, that was his whole – career was touring in Rip Van Winkle and that's what he was known as and he he made a million bucks or you know a living and that was it and to have that kind of experience except in their case the roles grew older and changed Mm -hmm. as they did Mm -hmm. and developed um and they they went through this together and as you say you know the others um 
DeForest Kelly, Michelle Nichols, all the others, you know, they were kind of in the same boat, but in a, a different boat on the same mm-hmm. sort of a journey. Yeah. Bill and Leonard, that, that friendship of Bill and Leonard was paralleled very much by the Kirk and Spock friendship. Yeah, very much so. I think a lot of what started out in TOS as, between Kirk and Spock, a working relationship um, developed into a working friendship. And then eventually, you know, through the series and through the movies and all, a a deep personal friendship, a brotherhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think as people and as actors, that's an amazing thing to have been able to explore yeah i i so appreciate the fact that they were able to bring that to the characters in a very relaxed and natural way mm-hmm. i you know you can contrast it to something well you know people who are real life friends when they make movies sometimes it just comes across as ridiculous mm-hmm. because they're just not even bothering to act you know, right, they're, they're just sort of replaying their friendship, like kind of like the Rat the Pack movies. <laughs> yes, I was going to say that it's it's very much like the Rat Pack movie experience. They're not even bothering <laughs> trying to act, uh, but but you know they, I'm thinking especially of the Star Trek Six where they're just so comfortable with each other, mm-hmm. and and there's a lot of emotional work that happens during that whole movie. But you really see how their characters have grown differently you know mm-hmm. in their own ways but but closer than ever really in that movie i think they're the way they interact with each other is so easy and natural but they're still kirk and spock it's not bill and leonard it's still kirk mm-hmm. and spock. right right they're they're they were uh both consummate professionals yes. you know they knew they were playing roles they also knew because they are human beings and and have egos that as time went by they had more and more control because you couldn't just say, well, we'll get somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, there, you know, there was a lot more interweaving of what each one individually wanted. But still, they played Kirk and Spock. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to read just a little bit of this thing uh, appeared online on the New Yorker website mm-hmm. by Joshua Rothman. And it's, you know, it's a, a, a remembrance of... Uh, of Spock and Nimoy. Uh, okay, because yeah, th- this gets to something that people rarely point out. So I'm sort of starting in the middle. <clears throat> Even if he'd wanted to put on airs, of course, it would have been hard. He was tethered, chained in some ways to Star Trek. How good was Star Trek? Just consider how much goofiness its excellence had to overcome. Every now and then, I'll watch a few episodes, as one does. You're struck first by the number of jokes that Spock makes. He's his own straight man. And then by the dissonance between the absurdity of how he looks in his powder blue t-shirt and fake ears and the eloquence of what he says. This is the part that just totally made me smile. Even Spock's gestures combine solemnity with silliness. When he steals up cat-like behind his prey and then strikes with his Vulcan nerve pinch, you can't help but laugh over the inevitable horns and strings musical cue. And i got to interject here. Of course, I'm watching TV and you're seeing various retrospectives. They showed the scene this guy just described. 
where Leonard, like, is hunched over, sneaking up. It's as Warner Brothers cartoon as that where uh, Kirk and, and uh, uh, Sulu flatten up against the wall to not get caught picking the lock. And it oh, really man. was funny. It had just never struck me as funny at all. <clears throat> um his character, in retrospect, wasn't just devoted to logic. Dignity was important to him. Kirk looks good, but lacks dignity. He's a bro. Spock looks silly, but he's always deliberate and composed. His journey depends ultimately on the discovery that emotion can be both strong and dignified. I, I will say, I read that before because you sent me the link. It's right. a great piece. It, it, it really is. And really, that's the only part I wanted to... Uh, to read because like I said my focus right now is always on the funny the amusing the warm the happy the celebration of both Nimoy and his work and what we knew of him as fans Mm -hmm. and of Spock because I'm 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 sorry that's over now in a way it wasn't at least for me Mm -hmm. yeah it really is it really really is I'm so glad, though, that the last we saw of Spock in in the ridiculous Star Trek movies mm-hmm. was good. You yes. Know, his, his performance as Spock in those movies was really, really good. So I'm glad that he was able to do that one last time and yes. do it in a way that made it the best part of mm-hmm. something weird and, and ridiculous. Yes. Um, I also want to share a story. I thought about posting this, but then I wanted to post that neat picture of, you know, Bill and Leonard in the Kirk light and autographed and everything. Yeah. So I didn't post the picture and the story that goes with this, but I've told it before, but I still love it. At a con I was at, I don't remember which one, <clears throat> Leonard was looking wonderful. This was some time ago. And he was wearing a, a sweatshirt that said Vulcan on it. <laughs> and he was taking, you know, questions from the audience. And Maybe Bill was on stage, or maybe I had a question for Leonard, because I was in the question line, which strikes me as unusual. But anyway, a guy who was in a very elaborate, beautiful Romulan costume was at the front of the line, had a question for Leonard. And uh, the guy explained that he had just recently gotten married, and his wife didn't like Star Trek. And Leonard interrupted him, and he goes, she doesn't like Star Trek? Why did you marry her? (laughs) And the guy, without missing a beat, said, it seemed like the logical thing to do at the time. Oh. <laughs> Leonard laughed so hard. Big grin on his face. Came over, shook the guy's hand. Oh. You know, it's like a, a congratulations on, you are sharp. You made me laugh. <laughs> you, you're the best kind of Trekkie. And, you know, I think Leonard, it's something Bill had to grow into, but Leonard, I think, has always had a, a better appreciation and respect for the fans mm-hmm. and I think part of that might be because he came into uh, directing the Star Trek movies before Bill did mm-hmm. and so suddenly he had to really look for what's underneath all of this not just what's underneath my character but what's underneath all of this mm-hmm. and you know I think he <clears throat> Probably, like Bill, went through some anti-Star Trek time. I mean, he wrote a book called I Am Not Spock. But um, still, I think he pretty much treated the fans with, with dignity and respect, which to me, when you consider how many fans there are and how some of us act <laughs> and how some of us just 
get because we can't help it, to treat us with respect and dignity and at least pretend to understand Mm -hmm. is huge. Yeah. Agreed. I, I will always remember when the times that we saw Bill and Leonard together oh, yeah. doing doing their their um, their vaudeville their act, basically, <laughs> and how funny 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 the two of them were. Um, and when we saw them, I guess it was in Sacramento when um, the, Leonard kept asking questions of the people who came up online, and Bill kept getting really impatient. And yes, like, yes, I That's enough. That. Shut up, Leonard. Shut up. Yeah, because Leonard was like, "What do you do? Is that interesting? Tell me about that." <laughs> So good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were, they were so, so delightful on stage. And I, I just remember things like them sitting in the director's chairs and you and me noticing that Leonard wore old men's socks. Yes. <laughs> so many things. So um, I wanted to, to alert people to a couple other things that they could, I don't want to say enjoy, but um, look at maybe to, to help them. I think the Access Hollywood thing is great. It will yes. put a huge smile on your face. Absolutely do watch that. Um, there's a really nice piece on NPR. Uh, oh, okay. it, there's some text and there's a little thing that they played on the radio, which is really good. And it had something that I hadn't heard Leonard talk about before, or maybe I read it and I forgot about it. But he was saying that in the first Star Trek pilot, as we remember, he was all shouty. Right? Yes. And it's very weird because Spock's not a shouty guy. And when it came time to redo it, he was still being shouty. And one of the directors said to him, you know, everybody else on the bridge is shouting. You have to be different. And he realized that that was a real key to his character. Uh-huh. That he had to be different. And being different was not being bigger or louder. It was being much quieter. Pulled back, yes. Especially Pulled- if you're going to play opposite William Shatner. Yes. That's the only way you can be opposite. Because that's the only space that's left to occupy. Yeah. And he did that so incredibly well, both in his voice and in his gestures and his body language. The way he deliberately keeps his hands behind his Uh back a lot of the time. He never fidgets. He moves as as economically as possible. Mm -hmm. It is a wonderful thing. So it's great that he found that, that key to the character just being... In complete opposition to what else was going on on the bridge. Yes. And it worked so incredibly well. So the NPR thing is awesome. I encourage everybody to look at that. And then I would also encourage people to go watch the Bruno Mars video. I just watched that. <laughs> How did we it's, not know about this? I don't know. It's so funny, man. Oh. Leonard is so funny. Oh, my God. That whole thing just cracked me up. The, first of all. He's, he's like the everybody's grumpy old man neighbor. We've all had one. You know, when yeah. I was a kid growing up, we lived next door to a guy like that. And it's just delightful. He's so good. And it's he doesn't talk no. at all, of course, because the music is playing. So he's doing all this non-verbally. And just being this guy who's sitting around his house in his bathrobe and runs out of milk, so he has to shuffle down to the corner store. In his, his underwear. <laughs> And he gives a finger to his neighbor who's trying to be nice yeah, to him and he comes back and he's, he's practicing his quick draw Vulcan salute in the mirror. <laughs> well, I really have to like when he's channel surfing too. Yes, of course. Uh, because that is so good. Bill is on every channel. <laughs> every single channel doing different things. And then in the last shot, as he's flipping around the channels, he sort of has this more and more exasperated look on mm-hmm. his face. And then when he finally turns the television off, he sort of throws the remote on the couch next to him. But then he laughs. Yep. And it's sort of a genuine, like, 
of course, this is the way the world is. It's great. It's just so wonderful. Yes, oh, it is. I love it. Yes. So that's a thing. Everybody should go and watch that. It will definitely make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I am I am so glad that you uh, sent that to me and I got a chance to watch it before this because it was delightful. It was good. So I, I have to say, when I first heard this, of course, the first thing I thought of was, oh, my God, how horrible for his wife and his children. Although I guess they must have known he was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had this condition for quite a while. Oh, now. Yes. And, he was admitted to the hospital last week, but then they sent him home, and maybe that was just a hospice, you know, he wanted to be at home. So that was terrible. But then the very next thing I thought of was, oh, my God, Bill. I know. And Bill just, I don't know if you saw this, but he tweeted today, this is uh, Saturday, that he can't be at Leonard's funeral because he had a prior commitment to be mm-hmm. at a thing in Florida, and he's really quite torn up about and that. And it's, it's a charity thing. It's, yeah. you know, yeah, um... I had a feeling when he was admitted to the hospital that this was it mm-hmm. for him because he has not been at all well in in some time. And, of course, I don't know the circumstances, but I only know my own feelings. And I hope it was his choice to go home so he could die at home. To me, that's mm-hmm. much, much nicer than dying in the hospital or even in a, in a very pleasant, well-attended hospice i hope Mm -hmm. i hope he had his family with him and i hope it was peaceful yeah i'm i'm sure that he had leonard being the kind of guy that he was he probably had this all planned out yes that's true thank you so i just felt really i felt bad for bill and i'm sure that there will be other tributes that Mm -hmm. will come to leonard afterward but he he has. He said on Twitter that he just had been away from social media because he couldn't handle it. Right. And it's just, oh, it's so sad that he can't be there for for his funeral. Well, and you know what else? This is just me sort of reading into things, but I can't help thinking. In addition to having this other commitment, perhaps Bill is staying away because his presence might detract. Because we know he is an emotional person. Yeah. And he does not want the focus to be on, is Shatner going to crack? You know, or anything like that. Um, We pretty much know, in quotes, that um, that Bill has a fear of death and doesn't really Mm -hmm. deal with it particularly well. And I think he may have just, you know, made his choice about, I have lost a dear, dear friend, and I'm not going to be part of the circus. Um. That's just me speculating. Yeah. But, you know, I respect that. Everybody everybody grieves, marks it in their own way. Mm-hmm. And to say you were wrong not to go to this funeral or you were wrong not to send flowers or you were wrong, blah, 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 is total bullshit. You can't yeah. judge that. You just cannot judge that of anyone. So, but it is, it's a very, very, very sad day. Well, I feel like we've we've done our bit, and we want to do. We we decided this that we're going to do the rest of the show like we normally would. Yes, because that that is our celebration of the life of Leonard Nimoy and of the character of Spock is to talk about all the craziness that goes on. So before we take our little break, I just want to put in one last comment, which I think is quite amusing, and this was from um, our favorite Kiwi, our man down under. Yes. Who his comment after we'd gone over the whole thing and said you know how sad it was. This was his final word. He says. 
I'm more and more relieved that Shatner did that deal in 65 to live forever. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> Is that when Bill's soul disappeared? <laughs> that was it. It was in 65. And now he's just, he's never going to stop. Never. Never, never, never. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, thank you to our, our own Kiwi because that yeah. is... That is truly wonderful. That is great. All right. Well, let's take a little break. Okay. And then we'll come back and we'll, we'll get on to all of the other Trek silliness. And there are some pretty silly things. Oh, yeah. We have some, some great things coming up. Um, yeah. So let's take our break. Okay. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. received a present from my dear Lena and it's it was from me it's from you and it is the best kind of present ever it's a no special occasion I saw this and decided you must have it it was it was literally like probably 30 seconds between when I saw it and when I hit the buy button on Amazon <laughs> It was that fast because I never saw anything like this before. And at once I thought, this is amazing. It's a great piece of Trek crap. And it's really useful. <laughs> wow. Okay. So let me describe this thing. <laughs> it is a communicator waste bag dispenser. <laughs> so it looks like a communicator, but you hang it like on your dog leash and you put your poop bags in it. <laughs> and... Okay, I have I um I would love to be able to read the back of it, but it's got a sticker on it. But oh. it does say something about replica and durable clip <laughs> and fit standard bag rolls. Look for coordinating collars and leashes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Jack, boy. Okay, so I'm going to um remove it from the back. I have to cut these. I don't want to cut an important string. Yeah, don't cut the, the part that you actually attach to anything. Right, right, okay. I wonder how insane my dog walkers who walk the dog when I'm at work think I was would be if I said, okay, please start using this. Okay, so here's, it looks like a, a communicator. The thing is that there's a picture on the, the, the cardboard it came on. That is that looks very different. So let me see if it looks different when I unzip it and open it. Okay. Can you hear me unzipping? Yeah. Okay. Here's the funny part. The, <laughs> the zipper has a little tag hanging on it, and it's like a speech bubble. So maybe like your dog or your dog leash is thinking or saying this. You want to know what it says on it? What? To boldly go. Oh. Okay, so, well, when you open it up, it, it is just a little pouch. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, wait. Okay. This is amazing. The front part, 
has a Velcro close on it. And so you can't exactly flip it open. But when you unpeel it, there's the part with the lights. (laughs) (laughs) And that round part that they sort of spin like they're dialing someone. Uh Okay, that's got the holes in it for the bags to come through. (laughs) So this is not just Trek craft. This is well thought out Trek craft. (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad. I was hoping it would be something that you might use like once just to see if it was uh, usable. I wouldn't expect you to go using that every day and and get people laughing at you. Okay. Well, this is amazingly cool. (laughs) And, you know, it's shaped. I never realized this before, but it's almost shaped like a little piece of luggage. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it. I love it to pieces. Oh, that's great. Well, yay. I'm so glad. Um, So, listeners, if you have a dog, (laughs) you can buy this on Amazon, and it wasn't even very expensive, Um, and it just showed up. I forget. It was was in a news feed or something that I saw, and I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. Oh, oh, Trekkies, is there anything you cannot Trekify? Well... Speaking of that, since we're talking about Trek crap, let's let's talk about some of these other things that we turned up. Okay. Thank you. um, Thank you so much. Sincerely, Jack and I both thank you. Oh, good. I'm I'm so glad. (laughs) Uh, I just, I knew you had to have it. And frankly, I couldn't wait until Christmas (laughs) or even your birthday. I just like, I I had to give it to you. Okay. Well, thanks. (laughs) So let's talk about the clock. Yeah. This thing is, this is one of those like scary Trek craps. It really is. So why don't you describe this? Well, (laughs) um, it's a clock. It's a clock that hangs on your wall. And what they call it is a cuckoo style clock. (laughs) So that's good. I'm glad it doesn't actually have a cuckoo in it because that would be just (laughs) way, way over the line. So it's, the clock part looks like a clock. Like, it's got a little birdhouse shape to it, right? Mm -hmm. And then it has a dial on the front, which says Star Trek, and it's sort of silvery, future-y looking. And then there's a picture of the, not a picture, a painting of the cast underneath Mm -hmm. it. But then the chimes part is the Enterprise in three pieces. (laughs) They split it up into three pieces. Well, that's so that, you know, the nacelles can be the parts that go up and down. Oh, my God. Okay, here's what it says. Um, Oh, it's limited edition, by the way. They're only making 5,000 of them, which is more than enough. And it's from the Bradford Exchange. It is, the Bradford Exchange. Okay. Expertly handcrafted, this wooden cuckoo clock face is protected by glass and adorned by the Star Trek and Enterprise logos. Hand-painted finish and silvery detailing are inspired by the futuristic design of the Enterprise. A striking montage of the original series crew, including Dr. Spock. Oh, sorry. Mr. Spock. It does say Mr. Spock. Oh, sorry. thank goodness. And Dr. McCoy commands attention on the clock body. Plus, every hour brings a new adventure as the Enterprise does a flyby to the tune of the original series theme song. <laughs> For the perfect finishing touch, the pendulum is designed to look like the Enterprise saucer while the weights resemble the nacelles. Can you imagine every hour playing the goddamn Star Trek theme in your house? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'd be ripping that off the wall so fast. <laughs> and the price? It is $199.95. Plus shipping and handling. Oh, my God. Order now. Wow. Um, that, that's crazy. That is really crazy. And what I am looking for is... 
are there any comments when you click through? <laughs> it's officially I'm, licensed by CBS. Uh-huh. Well, that's good. I don't see any comments at the Bradford Exchange. I don't think No. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, you know, n- not a fan of cuckoo clocks anyway. <laughs> no. In fact, the only cuckoo clock reference I enjoy is that one in The Third Man, which I think is so, so brilliant. <laughs> yes. But um, this, it's like, oh, man. Uh, it's big, too. It says it's nearly two feet high. Yeah, well, and they're lying because in the description, it says 14 inches. That's oh. not nearly two feet. It is not nearly two feet. So, that is correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, I don't want one. I never <laughs> I want don't one. either. <laughs> Neither does Jack. Oh, I can just imagine how insane he would go if this oh my God. this thing went off every hour. And But oh. what could have been so much funnier, and then I think I might have to have it at some point, would be if instead of the Enterprise coming around, if it was, you know, little figures of Kirk and a Klingon chasing each other or, or coming out, you know, from either side. Kirk and Spock coming out either side and, and coming to the front and, you know, doing the fish slapping dance or something and then right. going back. That would be great. Bowing to each other. Yeah. <laughs> that would be good. I would definitely like that. Or oh, even man. better, Kirk and Khan chasing each other. Oh, that would be And awesome. so the sound would be Khan instead of the music. It would be Khan. Really? <laughs> Or maybe they could just drop in the old series fight music behind it. You dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Oh, they could have Lurpa. I would love if they had the Lurpa. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So that is good. That is a good piece of trick crap. If any of you people out there buy it, you have to let us know. Yeah. We want you to make a movie. So let's let's move on from the cuckoo clock because there's a cool thing that I really want to talk about. And that is... That the Diamond Select Company, uh, who makes many different types of toys and things like that, have resurrected the Mego dolls. Yes! You can buy them again, and they've expanded it to have a lot more stuff than they used to. So first of all, they look pretty good. I think they use the same molds as they had originally. Oh, how wonderful. The dolls that we had, and the the uniforms look the same. Mm -hmm. And the best thing is you can buy... A Kirk and Spock set from the Mirror Universe. But there's only two left in stock. Well, yes, this is a problem, but I'm sure that there are others around. Probably it was a limited edition, but they're so cool. They're and so they're cool. They're wearing the costumes. And they're not they too expensive. Little, no, and they have the little, you know, the little light blue plastic phasers. Mm-hmm. And Spock's got a beard, and they've got the sashes, and Kirk's got his little, you know, gold vest on and everything. Oh, They're really good. So here's what it says. This is from the Amazon description. Kirk and Spock, together again. Classically styled action figures from Star Trek, the original series. Key characters as they looked in the iconic episode, Mirror, Mirror. Feature cloth costumes, episode-specific accessories. Oh, because Kirk and Spock both have knives that are the the daggers kind of stuffed into their their sashes. Um, Classically styled 8-inch action figures. They are uh, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, I'm looking. Oh, yeah. As well as episode-specific accessories and facial hair. So they're <laughs> definitely specifying that you will get Spock with a beard on it. What happened to your beard? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then this is the review on Amazon. And it's got a four-star review. Oh, it only says, four. Okay. I know. So it's very short. It says, normally I'd rate these five stars. There is just one flaw with these two action figures, and that is why I gave them a four-star rating. That is this. The little knives bend way too easily. 
Wait, he didn't add, this is a disaster? He did not add, this is a disaster. Oh, my but God. But that's his, that's his sole complaint, is that the knives bend too easily, <laughs> and that caused him to downgrade it from five stars to four stars. Oh, my God. <laughs> so these are awesome. If I didn't already have Kirk and Spock figures, I'd want them, but I don't need any more toys. And um, But they're beautiful. They're great. We, this is, these are going to be great gifts for people. Oh, Yeah. I, I I just think that's so wonderful, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's delightful. But yeah, the little knives do bend too easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so be careful if you buy it. Now I'm <laughs> I'm looking through uh, to see what the what the other figures are. So you can buy a Captain Pike figure. We oui. <laughs> that's um, that's uh, like the 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 most uh, non action action figure since um, the my dinner with Andre figures in yeah. waiting for Guffman. <laughs> So it's not Captain Pike in the wheelchair. It's oh, Captain really? Pike from the from the yeah from We're No Man. Oh, um, you can buy a salt vampire figure. You can buy a Chekhov figure. You can buy a Khan figure. Yes. Let me see. Gosh, I wish there was a place where they just showed them all at one time. Because I'm going to waste too much time clicking around on Amazon. But uh, that's amazing that they got the rights and they decided to expand it. I'm sure, of course, that the one thing you will never be able to get, of course, is a Gary Mitchell figure. Yep. Not going to happen, kids. Never, ever going to happen. But these are very cool. So um, for people who never were able to get the Mego toys because the, they were expensive and mm-hmm. it was hard to find them in good condition, now you can get them. They have them. Um, here's a review on the uh, con figure. It says, this is a collectible of a lifetime. Ooh. Ooh. Having only so many, M-E-N-Y, really, R-E-A-L-Y, brings up the value. I look forward to more like this. Oh, very good. Yeah. Collectible of a lifetime. <laughs> you can also get, oh, this is an, an original one. Okay. Sorry. I, I clicked through because I saw a Romulan figure, but mm. that's selling for $150, and that's apparently an original, not one of the new ones. Oh, Okay. Yeah, you can get Andorians and Picard and, you know, just about everybody. But, yeah, the Mego figures are very cool, and we love them. Yep. And, uh, yeah, if they've still got the molds, they uh, they most definitely should be making them and selling them because we will be buying them, or people will. I, Someone will. And I, I am just so impressed that they decided to do a Mirror Universe set. Yes. That you could get the Kirk and the Spock figures. That was total brilliantly, brilliant marketing on somebody's part. Okay, so they need to do a second set yeah. of Mirror Uhura and yes. Mirror, uh, either, well, I'm torn between Mirror Sulu and Mirror Chekhov with Agonizer Booth accessory. Oh, that would be amazing. Wow. And it would be really easy to do an agonizer booth. It would just have to be like a clear plastic tube, you know, with a of the red light in it. You I could get one of those old pneumatic things from the bank. <laughs> that would make a perfect agonizer it booth. It would. It would be. It would be awesome. And, you know, paint I, some I totally gold agree. trim on it and put the the empire symbol on the inside, uh-huh. and yeah, you know, string it up with a few lights. Yep, I think that would work. Hook up a sound okay. system so you can get them screaming. I'm going to write them a strongly worded letter telling them that they should, they should do that as the next thing. I think that's great. Yeah. <clears throat> yay, Migo. Yes, yay, Migo. We're so, very happy with good, that. Good for you, Diamond Select. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. So um, there's a discussion topic, but I think we'll save it for another show. Okay. Could, 
that, that's actually fairly meaty, and I don't think we've got the time no. to get into it right now. Um, I did want to mention that there was, <clears throat> excuse me, a very good article at io9, uh, which is called "The Truth About What Went Wrong on the Third Season of Star Trek." Yes, I read this article. It is a very good article, and it is based on information in the third volume of the "These Are the Voyages" series, which I got, but I haven't had time to read it yet because it is massive. <laughs> I think it's bigger than the other two. Oh my God. Yeah, it came in the mail, and I was like, whoa, this is really big. So I'm going to have to, like, take some sick days from work or something. <laughs> just try to, to plow through it. But it's a very interesting article that hits on a lot of the main points in the book. Because as we've said when we've talked about other articles in that book, it's not just an episode review. It's no. about what went on behind the scenes and how the scripts changed, looking at early drafts of them, looking mm-hmm. at all the memos that were flying back and forth about who should be cast and what the costume should look like. So it's got a tremendous amount of backstage detail, I would yes, say, yes. about each and every one of them. So this particular article highlights uh, why Star Trek was shit, basically, in, in a lot of the third series. It's, and it, it's really interesting. Yeah, you know, it's always interesting to read... Uh, intelligent discussion and analysis, especially of season three, because sometimes you'll run across something that has a different point of view that says, you know, there were some good episodes in season three. Mm -hmm. But what was really interesting to me in this article was, um, of course, the the network kept cutting their budget and cutting their budget and and making them do more ship-in-a-bottle show shows. And it was pointing out, though, that the advertisers were clamoring for get-off-the-ship shows. Mm-hmm. Because apparently that got the better ratings. Yep. So, yeah, you know, there's always a little, little more to 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 be dug up. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, so, it, you should all go and read this article. And as soon as I start digging into the book, I will uh, come with some book reviews. Oh, goody. Uh, but I did want to read just one little bit at the end because uh, this is just so typical. And this is right near the end of the article. It says. Uh, The other interesting thing that comes through in this book, Nimoy was zealous about the integrity of Spock and frequently butted heads with the new producers over how the character was portrayed. But, as James Dewan put it, William Shatner put himself out there to make the show better and shoot down some of the sillier ideas in general. Quote, Leonard was more interested in protecting the character of Spock. I think Bill was more interested in this series. And I love that quote, A, because Jimmy Dewan said it. Yes. Who had a long-standing, you know, dislike of Shatner. And also because it's it's what people said about Bill all the time, right? He wanted the series to succeed. It wasn't just about him being the star. He wanted it to go on as the series. And he did everything he could to make that happen. Yep. I loved that I had never run across this quote before from Jimmy nope, Dewan. Me neither. <laughs> and, um... That's part of you know the the wonderful integrity of Bill that that people like to forget about, mm-hmm. but also because he was you know the star of a series in a way he was protecting himself you know mm-hmm. he was the series but uh, yeah you know Bill I I like that that he was more interested in the series mm-hmm. and and keeping it going and where it could go and doing a hundred and ten percent. Anything that he could. That's right. Because that's the way Bill rolls. That's the way he rolls. Yes, so this is a very good article. Everybody should go read it. Yep. Okay. So uh, we've got 
a, a really silly thing that is going to come at the end, but I want to uh, uh, slot in another very silly thing here. Okay. This, I, I read this today and it just cracked me up. So as a little bit of background, anyone can make a Wikipedia account and edit it. And people who are zealous about certain topics view it almost as their responsibility to edit articles on Wikipedia, put things in there, correct mistakes that come up. If I were the kind of person who really gave a shit about Wikipedia, I'd probably be in there, you know, <laughs> editing the, the Shatner page to make sure that it had all the yes. stuff that it was supposed to. But, you know, I have a job and a life. So <laughs> what, what other things happen on Wikipedia, though, since anybody can make an account, is that people will sometimes alter pages for fun, mm -hmm. to make jokes, which is amusing when it happens. Sometimes they'll do it because they're uh, trolls and they want to slander someone. But sometimes they do it just because they've got a point of view that they want to get in there, and this is apparently the only way that they can do it. All right. So someone dug up on Wikipedia, some, some guy, I think it's a guy, who has a – he's written a summary – of his idea for what should be in the next Marvel movie, so the movies with Thor and okay. Iron Man and all those guys. So he's come up with his own plot for it, and he cut and pasted this thing to like 17 different pages on Wikipedia so that it could get out there. And, of course, people find it and deleted it, and he's just been doing this over and over again. And I want to read you what he's putting forward as his idea for the next plot of the next Marvel movie because it's great. Okay, it's I'm awesome. ready. This, this is sort of... Uh, uh, a G-rated Andrew Troy Keller, almost. Oh, boy. And, and I will try to do all of the misspellings as the, the, the pronunciation that's written. Okay. Here we go. A character named Killer teams up with Thor to defeat Loki and his army of three evil worlds. This will happen in Thor 3, the movie Thor 3. Okay. Killer is a superhero that can fly, have super strength, have cool advanced spy gadgets, and is able to throw lightning of his fingertips and a super shield to withstand 99% of the strongest blows slash firepower that the whole universe has to over and a flaming thunder sword that throws fire and lightning and thunderstorms on top of the tip of his sword. He is dressed like an evil knight with futuristic gadgets and a metal horse that can transform to anything that has been invented of transportations. So Killer it's a transformer. I guess. Okay. Killer is a superhero that can time travel. And before he met Thor, he lived in the medieval times, which is spelled M-I-D space E-V-I-L. <laughs> but then he found out that he can travel time and went to the future. Killer is a spare hero that has over hundreds of superhero abilities, but he can unlock them all. He has to wait time to pass and experience with his powers he has unlocked until he can mutate his next powers. Each time he mutates, he becomes stronger. He doesn't know this, but he will find in he will find too in the future that he is the chosen one. He is the ultimate superhero. He is very young and much to learn until he is cause him to be a supervillain and cause mass destructions and chaos in the world. No, stop! That, How long is this sentence? It's like two more sentences. But um, that is what the new villains in the universe will try to do because that is the key of destruction. But the villains don't know what he will do to them if he becomes evil. But the Avengers will go fight in the battle and help Killer and stop the other villains from turning evil. But will they succeed or fail? The rest will happen in Killer, the Assassin, and his two sides coming summer of 2015. His two sides? Is that like meat and two veg? <laughs> I don't 
don't know. I thought maybe it was like the three faces of Eve or something. <laughs> Is that great or what? I mean, that, this guy was like on a roll. And it's so wonderfully incoherent. Oh, my God. I, I mean, when I was reading it, I was like, okay, so he's a superhero, and he dresses in armor, and he's got a sword, and then he has futuristic gadgets, and then he has a metal horse <laughs> that can transform to anything that has been invented of transportation. But, okay, <laughs> would you want to be sitting on a metal horse with a sword that makes lightning? <laughs> Dressed like Maybe. an evil knight? Maybe he has a super, like, rubber saddle that grounds him or something. <laughs> Man. Oh, it's just so awesome. So here, this guy has this idea, and he <laughs> wants to sell it to the world, and he does it by cut and pasting it into Wikipedia articles. Um, that is a very Andrew Troy Keller move. <laughs> and I appreciate his audacity. <laughs> It's just awesome. Anyway, that made me laugh and laugh and laugh, and, and I really wanted to read it so that everybody could hear this this insane insaneness. Yes, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, before we get on to the pièce de résistance, I wanted yes. to share a little news from Sarai. Oh, yes. First please. of all, she has posted two new reviews. I put them up on our Facebook page. She did Amok Time and what was the other one? Uh, oh, uh, Tribbles. Trouble with Tribbles. Mm-hmm. Um. I've been mispronouncing her name. Really? It's Sarai. Oh, like, okay. Like Sarah, but Sarah, okay. Sarai. She has a sponsor. How wonderful. And I think her. it's that's Tribble great. Toys, but anyway, um, <laughs> I think that's what it's called. But her Amok Time review, one of the things I really liked is how she pronounces Vulcan names. Um, there's Tamau. And Spock's fiance. I can't believe we never thought of this before. Tareen. Tareen? <laughs> <laughs> like, like a soup tureen. Yes, like a soup tureen. And uh, then she she really goes wonderfully, uh, does some wonderful things with um, trouble with tribbles. She does a Scottish accent. Oh, awesome. She points out what a bad fighter Chekhov is. <laughs> Yep. And then when there's some joke, she said, and this sums up Spock. Everyone laughs except Spock because he's a Balkan. <laughs> that's it. That's that's exactly right. That's it. You know, she could have been giving that that performance advice to Nimoy 50 <laughs> years ago. You're a Vulcan. You don't laugh. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so so that's news from her world. And like I said, the links are on our, our Facebook page. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Yay. I'm so glad she's still doing that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, and I want her to do more and more before she gets too old. Yeah. Yeah. Before she becomes self-aware. Right. Right. Or or has a deeper understanding of what's going on. Because yeah. part of, of what's so wonderful about this is th- seeing this through the eyes of this little girl at that particular age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take a quick break and then we'll, we'll do our, our fabulous okay. thing we've been okay. dying to do. This 
we have been dying to share with you for, I don't know, about two or three weeks since I first found yes. it. Um, I think this might have shown up in my Shatner links. Mm-hmm. But as our, our listeners know, we love fandom. We love our fellow fans. And occasionally, we love the people who are totally clueless. (laughs) Even if they're not fans of Star Trek or if they are fans, but just completely out of touch, living in a cave. And I'll tell you what the setup is. And we're going to read the two parts here as if it were a script. Mm -hmm. So you guys... It totally lends itself. (laughs) It is like a script. (laughs) It is. Okay, so this... um, Okay, so it's a, 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 what would you call it? Not really a Twitter conversation, but. No, it's, she said, the the person who posted this said it was on OkCupid, which is a dating site. Right. So so you can use OkCupid to to text people. So yeah, not like Twitter, but more like sending texts on your phone. Okay. Okay. So here is, she says, crazy guy responds to an OKC picture of me and William Shatner taken at a recent comic con. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to be the the person in the picture, mm-hmm. and you are going to be the the guy commenting and questioning. So that's right. And now she doesn't give a lot of setup to it. No, so it's unclear whether this was someone that she'd like messaged before, or if this was just out of the blue, and he started just texting her because he saw the picture and was like, "Oh my God, I have to get in touch with this one." Right. We 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 don't know any background on this, but it's just too wonderful. Go. Okay, and again, I'm, I'm going to try to read it to, to pronounce all the misspellings. That are yes, and that's going to be the challenge. <laughs> okay, so the first message is, is that your dad next to you? Well, is it? What? No. You don't know who that is. Isn't that William Shatner? Captain Kirk from Star Trek? Yes, and he's not my dad. Wow. No kidding. You're standing next to one of the greatest men alive. Oh, my God. You related to him? (laughs) No. I met him at Comic-Con. I'd give anything to meet him. Wow. You're the luckiest woman alive. He was part of the greatest time periods ever. My and a few hundred other people who paid for the privilege, LOL. But I was stoked for sure. Oh, my God. Wow. What's he like? That's so awesome. You realize you're standing next to the biggest legend ever. He, to me, is bigger than Superman. And Superman is written as two words. (laughs) Superman, but Superman. What's he like? I don't know. I only interacted with him for like 30 seconds for the photo. I did sit in his panel, and his speech was interesting, if somewhat of a stream of consciousness. He was shorter than I expected, about my height. How tall is he? I guess 5'8 or so. Wow. Oh, my God. Did you get his autographs? No, that was another really long line and fee. I was happy with the photo. Oh, my God. You realize you're hold on to a fortune. People, Trekkies, would pay huge bucks for that pick. God, you are so lucky. I doubt it. Shatner takes thousands of these every year at cons, but it's a nice thought, LOL. How can you just say that the man is like the ultimate pioneer? He was part of the most powerful turning point in history next to Jesus being crucified. My God, you realize he created a whole new trek in timeline? Like to cell phones, computers, working next to Gene Rodneyberry? (laughs) 
if it if it were for him, well, right now we would just be like totally empty. <laughs> he was the only ever the only actor ever to have the longest career ever. Well, <laughs> you certainly have strong feelings about Shatner. That much is clear. LOL. I'm a big fan and all, but I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be empty without Star Trek. You want to bet? That is a weird bet. Without his ideas with Gene Roddenberry, you wouldn't have cell phones, computers, voice recognition, internet, time-space cognitive. Without him and Gene Armstrong would never have been. That's just patently false. The idea of voice-activated computers, computers, and mobile communication devices predate Star Trek by decades. You think? Look it up. <laughs> just see how much of an effect Star Trek had on the new time... Era. I don't need to. I've read the ideas in books published in the 30s and 40s. Exactly. Back then, just ideas. But <laughs> William Shatner dread to make those ideas real. <laughs> he dared to make those ideas real. <laughs> Thanks to, to him, people were no longer afraid to dream the undreamable, to take chances, to do the unthinkable. I won't deny Star Trek had a powerful impact on television and has inspired many things, but it's not solely responsible for all technological innovation. And to think it is, is laughable at best. But hey, thanks for this interesting view of your special brand of hero worship, Inspired History Revision. It's been a lark. Angel, you really don't know how lucky you are to stand next to a man like him. He was way better than Eve Inston himself. Uh, Albert Einstein has nothing on William Shatner. Will you do me a favor, please? Question mark. You ever get to meet him again? Get me a written autographs direct from his hand, not a copy, please. I'll pay you a good price for it. I'm Ray. Email address. I'll pay as high as $500 cash. <laughs> Bye, Ray. <laughs> Oh, man. I love the fact that he goes from, like, this blustery guy mansplaining everything, and it's like, could you get me his autograph? <laughs> I like Gene Ronid Ronity Berry. <laughs> I like Eve Einstein. <laughs> also, the comments there, our comments is uh, is pretty good, but uh, and somebody said she was talking to Shatner's publicist. <laughs> Very, very possibly. Oh, my God. Could, could be. Could well be. <laughs> I like, oh my God. look it up. You know, just this, <laughs> yeah. this pricky arrogance. <laughs> William Shatner dread, I believe that's dared, to make those ideas real. Oh, God. Yeah. I was William thinking Shatner was... was the one who made cell phones. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I was thinking it was William Shatner died like Jesus died for your sins. <laughs> William Shatner died to make cell phones for us. It reminded me very much, maybe um, this is the guy who gave Bill the idea behind that um, show that he had done. What was it called? How William Shatner Changed the World? <laughs> maybe this guy was the producer. Maybe he was. I wonder if the producer was named Ray. Oh, man. That is so funny. <laughs> it's, it is hilarious. I love it. I love him just going all crazy. Like, So this is a guy who's clearly spent a lot of time under the misapprehension that Star Trek was sort of real. Well, you and know? also, just as it starts out, he has no idea how easy it is to get William Shatner's yeah. autograph if you have 85 bucks or whatever. Yep. <laughs> I like that. What's he like? What's he like? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'll tell you exactly what he's Trekkies like. Trekkies would pay millions for this. You don't know how lucky you are. It's like, take your meds, fella. 
It's very, very funny. It, it's it's good. When, when you had sent this link to me as I was going through it, I was like, this is weird. And then as I got further and further into it, and it just got, like, wound up to a whole other level of... Um, I know, foaming at the mouth. <laughs> It's great. Never stop Trekkies. Never ever stop being weird. No, just just keep, just keep topping yourselves. It's yeah. and, and you know the the Trek crap makers and all this other stuff. We love it all. We do. Keep it up. Well, I think that's our show for this week. I think we've had a lot of emotional things happening, and we've also, as we love to do, look at the the craziness that is Star Trek fandom, which we love above all things. Yes. And, you know, I'm just, I have to say, I'm so glad that Bill is still with us. <laughs> God, I know. I know. It's it's something I don't even really like to think about. And of course, we don't have to think about it. We're not his family. We don't have to make any plans. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, and I I wonder if Bill is going to like redouble his efforts to to keep doing and being all things and you know bringing us more cell phones and more technologies and yeah. all the things that that we have to be grateful for him. And I'd like to say I, I think that everybody should continue to celebrate Shatmoy. I don't think just because Leonard's passed away that we need to stop doing that because it really is meant to commemorate their birthdays. Yes. It will always be those two days. So yes. this year especially, let's everybody have a really, really good Shatmoy. Yes, and Shatmoy is only about a month away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, start thinking and making your plans. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and just just keep, keep laughing, keep loving, keep living long and prospering. Yes. As always, thank you so much for listening. And this time, I think we want to say very, very seriously to everybody, live long and prosper. Indeed.